So, um, so I, I do want to start just by giving a little credit to uh, someone named Dan Oltoff, who taught at our school for a number of years. He actually uh, was the brain behind this idea. And maybe eight, ten years ago, he came to me and said, hey, what do you think about trying to do a project like this um, in geometry? And so we worked on that for a bit, ran our version of it for four years. Uh, Dan now teaches in Florida. And John picked up some geometry, and so now we're doing this, and the project has kind of morphed over the years. Uh, but this is what we call the Life Decisions Project. So it is kind of based on geometry, so that's kind of our first question uh, that we wanted to address today is, just what does this have to do with geometry? Um, and so our goal is, is to be able to connect some of the logical thinking, the logical process that we see in geometry, uh, to how we make decisions, but specifically how we make decisions uh, from a Christian viewpoint. Um, and we're trying to do this with 14, 15, 16-year-olds, uh, freshmen and sophomores for the most part in high school. So that can be a little challenging. Um, we'll start off just by thinking a little bit about our viewpoint of geometry as, as teachers. Uh, we really try to emphasize logical thinking. So John teaches an advanced geometry course. And what I'm going to talk about here, like he goes really in-depth with this. This is kind of his thing. Um, I teach uh, our typical geometry course. I don't hit it quite as hard, but I certainly I want kids to walk away having an idea of this, that we have some assumptions, some uh, postulates, some, some just basic terms that we agree on. Okay, then we, from that, maybe we can prove a few basic things, things that we use over and over again, things that we would call main theorems. Uh, from that, we can get really specialized, and then we use all of this to, to solve just general problems that we come across. Um, so John goes way in depth with that. I try to get this across. I'm also teaching geometry concepts this year for, for lower level uh, kids. And I'm going to go through that with, with them as well. We're not going to talk too much about theorems or proofs consistently throughout the year. But I want them to get this idea down about geometry so that when we get into the project, um, it makes a little bit of sense to them. We often show uh, this picture at some point uh, during the, the unit or during the, the project. Um, I know it might be kind of hard to see. I do think it's it's page three, I think, um, on your handout. Is that, well, did we put that on there? No, I just, sorry, I just put this on here. If you want it, I can gladly get it to you, but I use this in class. Uh, but at the very bottom, it just talks about some of the main ideas that we talk about uh, in each of our courses. We're trying to get across some logical thinking. We try to identify figures, so what's the definition, what are properties that they have, uh, how do we quantify relationships, so how do we... Uh, measure things, how do we uh, put, apply numbers or put numbers uh, into the problems that we're solving. But then as we work our way up, uh, we start with just the foundation of our terms, our undefined terms, defined terms, postulates that we uh, just basically assume. Then we talk a lot about noticing patterns. What are patterns that we kind of keep coming across? And then we make the point, well, some of these patterns we just have to simply accept, but we're going to try to only accept a few things and then from there on out, can we prove and explain why some of these other things work? We get all the way to the top, and now we can solve all kinds of uh, special and unique problems that might come up. Um, so we like this one because it shows, hey, if we do this, we have a really strong uh, foundation. Okay, There's some strength in a system that works this way. Only assume a few things, and look how, how high, how tall we can get. Sometimes we take this and we invert it, and we say, think of it the other way. We're starting with just a small amount of stuff on the bottom, and by the time we get to the top, uh, we know all kinds of stuff, so there's, there's a breadth of knowledge that kind of comes from using a system like this. Okay, so that's kind of the background of what we do with geometry. What we're going to do in this project is more th um, think about how does this system, could we make a system like this that helps us think through really difficult things uh, in life. 
And so we try to match it up like this. We have our students kind of work through several steps. It's about seven, eight steps, I think, in the project. But what are some of our fundamental beliefs? What, what's our starting point here? And then from that, um, what does that mean? Can we get a little bit more in depth in something we call principles? And then can we even organize some real specific picky rules? And then can we apply that to different life situations? So that's kind of the, the, the connections that we're going to try and show you that we're, we're making in this project. We want to get the geometry background in place so you can kind of see where we're coming from as a class. But then what we're going to do is just explain how we work our way through this project itself. Okay? Um, and we also want to acknowledge, like, it is a time commitment. This is a big packet that we're giving you here, and there's a lot of stuff online that you can find as well. Um, but I, we, we like to take that time. We think it's important for our kids to kind of work through and wrestle with some of these things. Um, my first session that I went to today was on wisdom and thinking about uh, how do we gain wisdom. And I, that was kind of a nice connection for me to make. I, like, I think that's one of our goals here is how do, our, how do we get our kids to start that wisdom process? And maybe we just need to get them to think a little deeper about how they make some of their decisions. Um, so if you could, you should all have page one here. Um, when we start the project, we don't actually um, do much of an intro. We're not really, we're saying, hey, we're going to work on a big project for a while, but we're not trying to make a big point that it's called the Life Decisions Project necessarily or that it's going to take so long. Uh, we just give them a couple of questions to ponder in class. Maybe it takes them five or ten minutes to answer. And then they're supposed to take it home and talk about it with a parent for another five or ten minutes. The parent's supposed to sign it. And so we want you to try and do this a little bit with some of the people that you're sitting next to. So if you're sitting on this side of the room, um, I want you to talk with a, a partner. It doesn't have to be about every single question we put up here or every question that's on your form. Um, but how do you think students would typically answer those questions? If we said five or ten minutes, put down your, your answers. And then this half of the room, you're going to pretend to be parents. And so we're going to give you a couple minutes here to talk. But if you're a parent, what advice do you think parents tended to give their students? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Okay. So you get two minutes? About two minutes. Two minutes. Fast two minutes just to kind of chit-chat a little bit about how you think students would have answered or how parents would have given some advice. Because of your 
you think there might be. Um, and then the other second most common one is like, well, what's the message of the movie? What's the theme? That came up a lot. Okay, and so each question did a little bit different. The question about lunch. Again, most likely, like, whoever my friends are, nothing, you know, terribly brilliant. 
And then the one about a kid being lonely, there's like, well, I'm only going to do it if my friends do it, right? I, I'm not going to do it on my own. And, and it says, well, it depends if the student looks lonely or not. And I guess I just reflected from our own school is, that's the right thing to say, right? Well, if the kid looks lonely, of course, I'm going to go talk to them. But do they really do it? You know, that could be a whole other conversation too, right? Because they said the right thing, but are we actually living it out? Um, in terms of the time of doing homework, you would get the typical, hey, you know, I want to earn good grades, or my parents tell me I at least have to put in my best effort. I was a little bit shocked that there was kind of a theme of, even from parents, well, just do, just do enough to get the grade you want. I'm like, oh, that's not really the mind frame I was growing up with. And even maybe more over the last couple of years, this was also a very common thing, well, I have to balance my work with my mental health. I never would have said that as a high school student. Um, but it's the life we live in now. There's a lot going on for our kids. And so it's just interesting to see the responses that they give. Um, and then the donating money, food one, um, most of them was, well, if I have any of my money in my pocket, then I'll give to the school fundraiser, was the most common answer. Um, and the second one, again, was, well, if it's a good cause. And, and I think that's a little bit of a hint of they're worried more about, okay, well, they've seen so much corruption out there. You know, is it actually going to be used for what it's supposed to be used for? So, again, so many things that can come up in this project. So anyway, we generate all these ideas, right? The, the first part was to say, how do you make decisions? It can kind of lead into a discussion of, well, we want you to make your decisions, hopefully based on your Christian beliefs, have a Christian perspective. So when we launch into part 1B, we were a lot more specific. We're like, okay, little bigger picture. How do you establish your priorities? How are you supposed to treat other people? How are you supposed to do all these different things? And when they did it individually, there were lots of good answers. Okay, they start doing things like, well, how do you treat others? Then you see answers like, well, we know they're created in the image of God, or treat them as the way I want to be treated. When you talk about priorities, you see, well, you got to put God first. And so they started doing all these good things. What we found, however, is when you put them into groups and say, okay, now summarize, everybody agree on the five most important ones. I took snapshots of them, again, a couple weeks ago for me. So we talked about them. That's why there's all these fun shapes on there when we were drawing comparisons. But I had a group that said, okay, take all your Christian beliefs and summarize it into five things. Here's their first answers. And I was really disappointed. I looked at it. I'm like, that summarizes your five fundamental Christian belief perspectives. It's like, well, is it good for me? Look at the big picture. I don't even know, you know what that means a little bit. And then the second group was very, very similar. You know, they, they have a good one, you know, ask God for help, get that perspective, but then, um, well, does it affect me mentally, or does it do this? So again, the Christian perspective, um, at least they can't articulate it. Maybe that's the best way to put it. We think our kids have it, but do they actually take the time to articulate it? Now, I had one group that kind of nailed it. They can't write very neatly, but we must honor God in everything we do. Um, I believe Jesus died for our sin. I believe everyone's created in the image of God and deserves to be treated as such. I believe the Bible is the guide and that God is the creator of everything and we should respect his creation. I'm like, that's what I was hoping everybody would do. But the point is, not everybody was. And so to get them to articulate what they believe in, um, again, value for the project to say, no, really sit down and think about it and put it down. 
So again, class discussions go in between here, and then again, we're modeling or paralleling what we do in class. So our second unit um, gets into logical statements, gets into conditional statements, if this, then that, converses, all these different things. And so we said, all right, now that you have this, and we've talked about it, we reflected on it a little bit, rewrite them as conditional statements, because that's what we're currently studying in that given unit. So we said, really, really clear and pointed, we want you to start, if I'm a Christian, or if I believe in God, then what are your five most important statements? And I literally collected this yesterday, last hour of the day, so at lunch, I typed in some of my kids' responses here on this next slide. So, some of them nailed it, right? You say, hey, you know, yep, I agree with this. This is what kids should be thinking. So if I believe in God, then I'll be what's in the Bible. Um, I should love my neighbor as myself. So then we're really starting to hone in a little bit. It's like, hopefully these are, in fact, the things you're thinking about. But even after some pretty pointed discussions and saying, hey, we really want these to be fundamental Christian beliefs, they still come up with some pretty vague ones sometimes. And so again, we keep doing this and we keep refining it as we go. So if I believe in God, then I'll not do something I'll regret. Okay, good, we don't want you to do things you'll regret, but really this is how you're articulating things that are most important in my life. And so you get opportunities for discussions and say, okay, well, what does that really mean? Or, or, or how are you gonna decide that? Um, I also had one, again, this is a great statement, but I guess in my opinion, okay, he's going to lead me in the right direction. Well, how do you know what the right direction is? That's still pretty vague. And it just opens up so many wonderful discussions that you can have um, with different things that will go from there. Then this was one where we revise our project every year. Last year, I had all sorts of answers like this. Again, a very true statement. If I'm a Christian, then I'm saved from my sins, and I'll go to heaven. But it's not really about life, you know, making decisions. We want to get to the, the nitty-gritty at the end of this project. Like, you know, if I'm going to do something, how does this affect day-to-day -day life? This is obviously very fundamental as a Christian, but it doesn't affect day-to-day -day decisions. That not, sounds very good, that saying it that way. But the, the idea of we're going to make this really practical, and so we, we try to, you know, say, hey, make it related to making decisions, I guess is what's a big part of this project. And even with all our best directions, and even specifically saying all your statements should say, if I'm a Christian or if I believe in God, you still have the one kid who does what he wants to do. So I literally wrote that again at lunch. If I get money, I'm like, no, none of your statements were supposed to start that way. No, it ends well, obviously, right? Then I'll use it to help others in the name of God. But again, we could get then into the, well, the hypothesis or where you start should be the money part. Again, the hypothesis should be the, okay, well, if I believe my resources came from God, you know, then, again, more opportunities for discussions. But that's the next round where we go to say to really boil down your statements that way. And then, oh, that's right, one more before you. And so we actually had our Bible teacher fill this out last year also, just to get a perspective between, well, what does a high school kid say and what does someone trained in religion say? Um, and we sometimes put these up for the examples for kids, too, because, again, we want them to revise their answers as they go. So if I believe in God, then I love the Lord with my heart, soul, mind, and strength, that's a really good summary statement to base your life on. I'll love my neighbor as myself. I know I've been saved by grace. 
Um, I belong to a family of brothers and sisters in Christ's church, and I'm called to partner with the Spirit, so I guess I just really like, well, it's very theological, yes? I mean, it's like, wow, he did a good job on that, saying, wow, if I'm going to boil things down to five statements, um, he did a really good job. So I'm going to take a little bit of time just kind of walk through the different parts of the rest of the project, but we want to spend more time on the introduction just to make sure you kind of understood where we're coming from. Are there any questions at this point? Knowing you don't see kind of the final product. Yeah, um, you mentioned that you kind of dove right into the questions without introducing the project very much. Did, was the goal to the visiting that helped me help with life decisions get discussed as they were boiling down these these faith statements to more like logical yeah, so, statements? Well, so jumping ahead at the very end, we give them some ethical dilemmas. And then their, their job is to use their system to kind of show how they would answer. But they don't know that that's coming when they're making them? Um, well, I'd, I'd say by part two, part yeah. three. Well, when I get to 1B, when we do those list of questions about priorities and how you decide right and wrong, um, I, I get pretty clear at that point, saying this is the direction we're going. They might not know the specifics of the final, but it's like, hey, we're trying to find the real basics of how, how do you make your decisions as a Christian. So, so we do make that connection. They might not specifically know their final project, but yeah. So this is a project that you do just all together, or do you do it like one day out of the week for? So it, it kind of one thing from each part kind of ties in with a unit that we teach. So after unit one, we'll introduce. After unit two, we'll do a part. After unit three, we'll do a part. So it we don't really get done until. Spring break? Yeah, it took me until almost spring break last year. Yeah. And you could do it differently. What geometry curriculum do you use? Our textbook is Big Ideas yeah. Math. And so, yeah, so the, the units mimic those chapters anyway. Alright, so... When we get kind of get to part two, we already talked about uh, part A of this, but we're, we're getting into if-then statements. We're talking about logic quite a bit here. So we've spent some time talking about what are these five main statements, and so now we ask our kids, um, you know, let, let's connect it to another statement, but hopefully that connection is going to um, drive some sort of an action, something a little bit more specific about what that original one looks like. So we've shown this example, okay, if I believe in God, then I obey what is in the Bible, so... Well, what, what, what does that mean? What does the Bible tell us? And we ask them to come up then with three, at least three additional statements, but it should now start with, if I obey what is in the Bible, then I will do this. And we just take a day, or part of a day even, and we just kind of practice doing that. Can we, can we get just a little bit more specific in what each one of our rules is telling us? And we don't just leave it there. We say, well, maybe there's even more that we could do. So could we keep doing this? and get really specific at the end. Um, so this one gets as far as, well, I'm going to obey the curfew that my parents uh, give to me. And most of the time, I don't think that they work backwards and say, oh, that really comes from maybe because I believe in God. It's because my parents told me that I should be doing this. But with enough thought, we can kind of look at this and say, yeah, this is all stemming from this initial belief of uh, my faith in God. Um, Feel like, oh, so I really like this activity. John um, did something kind of unique this year where because we were struggling with getting our kids to start with this statement and to get really, really specific at the end. 
So this year, John thought of a part where we actually gave him the end. So I think it was about recycling a water bottle, yeah. right? Do you or do you not recycle a water bottle? Do you think you should? Most people would say, yep, circle yes. And they had to actually work backwards uh, in writing their if-then statements. So they would write this one first and then that one and that one with the goal of trying to connect it to one of their, their main ones. And, um, I think you kind of said that it worked kind of okay, but you know maybe next year it'll go a little bit better because we'll try something a little different. But it was just another, it was like a unique twist on the same problem and it just got kids to think a little bit differently. And it kind of came from what we're going to do in part three. We spent so much time talking about these really broad ideas, these broad rules. Well, now we're going to take some time just to brainstorm. What are some of the picky rules that we do tend to use in everyday life? So we're on page 11 and 12 in your handout, uh, getting a little bit towards the end already. But I think we gave like nine or ten prompts here. We just said brainstorm. What are rules that would fit this category? And come up with at least three in each one. And uh, that's generally not a tough thing for them to do. Um, some are easier than others. So like item three up here, what rules do your parents give to you? That's going to be a really easy one for them to answer. Um, one might be kind of easy for some kids. Two, they might say, well, what are you actually getting at here? What? So we might need to have a, a little conversation at some point about moral, moral and ethical guidelines. Or the conversation might be, how are one and two different? What if I have some of the same things there? And, and so we have a good conversation about that. Uh, but they end the day having just a, a, a long list of daily rules that we're like, okay, now can we do something similar with all of these rules? That's kind of where we're going with this. Uh, we don't jump into that right away. In part B of this, uh, we say, let's just organize this a little bit. So do you see some patterns in this whole list of rules that you have? Sometimes the prompt itself is the pattern. But sometimes they might pull a rule from part A and part C and part F and say, well, these three kind of go together, it seems like. And then we just say, well, what's a category? What's a theme? What's a key word or phrase that would kind of describe that? And at the same time, can you even figure out how it would fit under one of our if-then statements? So we're just kind of trying to organize and see how things fit together a little bit. Okay? Uh, part four, making sure I'm not skipping anything. Now we just kind of, let's clean it up a little bit. Let's refine it. Let's make it more usable. Uh, for what we do in real life. So if you notice, the fundamental belief is no longer an if-then statement. It's just, hey, this is what I believe. I believe this. Okay? But then the, the themes or the categories from the previous slide, the previous example, now we're just going to call them principles, but we're trying to make an action statement. I'm going to actually do this because of my belief. And then the rules have kind of stayed the same. Uh, but again, we've got this nice organized list of things that we can work with now. Uh, things are kind of put together. Uh, fantastic. Then we got to part five, and John and I are like, we're tired. We, just, we need a day where we can just let you guys work on something without having to explain so much. So let's, let's start making our presentation. Okay? We know we want to use this somehow, so um, in your presentation you should have some sort of an introduction. Think about what we've been talking about in geometry class for the last few units. You know, what are some of these mathy things? How's, how's the setup from what I talked about at the very beginning of our talk here today? Uh, but then also explain how is this fundamental belief system that we're creating, how is it kind of related to that? Um, yeah, and then as part of this, also show what their system is. So actually put in all of their rules uh, on a few slides. And oh, then just, again, this, this quick note. That. We only printed pages 1 through 14. So, if, so oh. obviously, again, on the website, you have the link to everything. Um, but we only printed the first 14 because especially at this point, we would figure all of you have your option of how you want the final product to look. For us, it was a presentation, and we'll talk about that a little bit more. But 
parts one through four are the nuts and bolts of, hey, throw everything together. And then there's lots of things you could do with it as a conclusion. Um, so they kind of got the, the start of this process down, it's organized, um, ready to use hopefully, so now we're actually going to practice using it a little bit. So in part six, then we have a little discussion about, okay, what, what is the difference uh, maybe in what we call a situation versus a dilemma? We give them some examples. Um, so in a situation, I think we gave them three situations, and if you kind of quickly skim through that... Um, it talks about how this, this young person has a, a job. Um, they don't want to work on Sundays. Parents have said you shouldn't work on Sundays. Um, this student understands why. The manager has agreed. Then a new manager comes in and kind of is, is pressuring uh, this person to work on, on Sundays a little bit. Um, in a situation, we're kind of providing the decision already. We're saying, hey, this is your opportunity to explain why you want to have your Sundays off, why you believe you need to have your Sundays off. So what would you say? What in your system of rules that you've made um, would um, provide some evidence or, or give your reason for why you'd say, I want my Sundays free? Uh, if they don't like that situation, they have a couple more that they could work with. We even say, you can write your own similar situation as long as it's approved by one of us. Okay, so there's a little freedom there. But we've kind of said, this is the answer. Can your rules support it? Okay, we did the same thing with a dilemma. A dilemma is a little different because there's two good options. And we try to write them in a way where both have some valid points. Uh, so here is someone's playing uh, on a travel team, perhaps. They, they want to have this full summer of getting better at a sport. But they also feel pulled to go on this mission trip that... Um, you know, they heard about, they feel a, a really strong pull, they want to go. Parents are pretty open to both. Uh, parents, I think towards the end, they say, one says, I wish I had done something like that at your age. The other said, oh, I miss seeing you. Uh, use your talents on the team this summer. You're going to miss spending time with friends, that sort of thing. That's something that our kids probably would um, come across quite often. So what are you going to do? There's good, good reasons to do both, and we're not saying that there's one right answer here, but based on your system of rules that you've come up with, um, what, where, what will you do? And a lot of times there's conflict here. There will be rules that say do option A and there will be rules that say do option B and it's their chance to kind of just wrestle with that and explain and um, hopefully do a good job of saying this is what I would do in the end. Is that anything else that I should add, John? No, that's how far you were supposed to go. Okay. So again, opportunity for any questions or comments? And so again, there's lots of options of, of where to end up. Um, as the previous one said in part five about making a slide presentation, we had that as one of the options last year. Um, and it probably will again this year. But again, this is a living, breathing project for us. We revise it every year. Um, we react to answers from kids. Um, so Dave and I meet before every part as it is, and especially now that we were presenting, it's like, okay, are you sure this is what you wanted to do for part one? Are you sure this is what you did for part two? But it breathes. We react to how kids react every time, and that's how we try to make it meaningful. So if you do take the Google Doc and have the link for it after this presentation, you might find out that parts three, four, five, whatever, are a little bit different than what we're talking about now, because we're going to react to what our students do and say, okay, how does it connect to what actually happened in our classroom this year? Um, another thing you're going to notice, I'm doing um, the slide presentation option next. This is also one of our school goals. 
of being really consistent, have a uniform language and expectations for our students for all, all different disciplines. Um, so the math department, um, we fit into that, right? So we have our, our professional learning teams where one of the places we focused was on presentations. What should they look like? And so I, I put some examples up. One of the big things we put, and the kids will go maybe a little too far, like you gotta, you gotta put some creativity into your things. And so they find all these fun little backgrounds and all these different things. Um, but slightly more important, we said, you can't have those slideshows where you put all 10 of your principles on one slide and you use size eight font and there's 67 lines of text on your presentation. That, that's one of the things we're getting consistent. That's not a presentation skill, right? It has to be readable, it has to be a summary um, and all those different things. So this was a good example of that. It's like, okay, we, we have your fundamental belief, we have your principles and your rules. Um, it's done creatively, it's spread out well. Um, so those are things that we focus. And so that's where we went um, there. And so they would obviously have multiple slides like this. Um, she also did a decent job then of saying, okay, again, summarize information. Okay, so she took the one um, where she was getting grief about, you know, or talking to people about swear on their soccer team. Again, notice how it's well spread out. That was a point of emphasis that don't put too much text on your screen. Um, also, we said make sure you have something interesting or a diagram or a picture that goes with it so it's not just words, so she did a good job of that. And then just a summary of her supporting statements of why did you give the answer that you give. So she said, here was my belief related to this, my principle related to this, and my rule related to this. So she showed all that and then wrote up a good final conclusion of saying, hey, this is something I believe in as a Christian and that you could share with your teammates. Um, so we gave them something very concrete to think about. Um, here's another one, a little bit more with the words, but again, we're emphasizing presentation skills. I, I know I haven't done that a lot in math classes up to this point in my career, but as part of our school with School Wild Goals, this is a way we're incorporating different skills into our classroom um, that we want our students to be able to do in any area of what they learn. Um, so again, so she had her principles, and this was the one she chose the option about not working on Sundays, and so she summarized her situation there, um, put her fundamental beliefs and things on there as well again, and then, not perfect, again, it's a paragraph, again, if you depending on what exactly you want as your skills, this is an opportunity to teach different skills about your slide presentations and different things like that. Um, second option we did, um, because we actually had those students actually presented at one of our evening events where we, we call it Celebrate Calvin, where kids present different things they've learned throughout the year and people from the community can see it. Well, we couldn't have all 60 of our geometry students do that. So another option we gave them, um, share with your parents. And um, this was something we did for the first time last year. And I think it's what led to the revisions to part one and two this year. It's like, we think it's really good for the parents to be involved. So rather than waiting until the presentation at the end, like we did last year, we now made it part of part one. It's like, parents, react to what your kids are saying. You know, understand how they're thinking about some of these decisions. Um, but kids who chose this option, we just kind of sent them home with a form that their parents would fill out. Obviously, you have to make it pretty straightforward for the parents. Um, just a few key things to look for. So again, the goals of the project, 
did they do a comparison between the system of geometry and the system of Christian beliefs? It's like, parents, you should have heard something about the parallel between those two things. Okay? Then their belief system, all their fundamental beliefs and things, was it organized? Was it, you know, well explained? <coughs> okay? And then talking about applying it to a situation, they had to hit those key things. And again, we actually had specific goals of what their slide presentation should look like, so then we had parents also say, hey, were things clear? Did it present well? And go from there. So that was another option that we had for wrapping up on that one. And so we left lots of time for questions and comments and just talking through things. So we are done plenty early today, so I don't think anyone will be disappointed about that. But um, again, the discussions, I think, are the best part of this project, whether it's with your kids or these different things. So we just provided a framework that matches our curriculum. And again, it's produced great results and great questions that um, we've talked through with our kids. So any other questions? This might seem silly, but like when the parents are grading their own child, do you get even low grades? Do you know what I mean? Like do you look back over their PowerPoints to compare that they were accurate or anything like well, that? Well, one, their survey isn't their grade, obviously. Oh, it's okay. just the parent reaction to okay. things. Um, but no, I found generally the parents are more brutal than we are. Okay. They're like, that was terrible. There was no organization. Or why did you pick this? Um, but... But no, overall, I, I mean, yeah, it's fairly comparable. They'll notice things. It's like this wasn't clear. They're not. They're mostly not very mean to their kids. But okay. they'll put comments like this wasn't very clear, or you had some spelling mistakes. And I think it's good for those kids to hear from just behind their teachers. Like people notice those things, right? And so that's good. Good feedback for the kids too. It looks like this took about six units or so to get from the right. beginning to final project. Um, did the time commitment on this grow the closer you get to the final project? Like, how, how many days per unit do you sort of get into this, maybe, approximately? That's a good question. <laughs> Again, at, well, as Dave said earlier, you can either devote full days to it or 20-minute chunks, right? I mean, it depends what hits well. But I would, we have block periods also that are 75, 80 minutes long. Um, so I might do a whole part, if I devoted a whole block day to it, I would get done in 7580. But now, especially that we're incorporating some of these parent feedback type things, um, it becomes more and more, hey, we'll do 20 minutes on this day and 20 minutes on that day. And that's why you're seeing the part 2A, part 2B, because yeah, yeah. it used to just be part 2, and you would just do one big day. And it's like, well, hey, but we want feedback, we want discussion, um, so then we break it up a little bit more. So I guess all told, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's really five main parts and then present, I would probably say, six or seven days throughout the year. Do you get any feedback from parents or students about like what they thought of the project? Do they find yeah. it? Well, we just had parent-teacher conferences also. So um, for my students in geometry, the parents who came, it was, it was usually like, this is an assignment for what class? Yeah. That was, my, that was the most common comment about, I had that from probably three or four parents. It's like, they came home, and I had to do all these things about decisions and Christian perspective, and, and they're like, what class was this for? And I was like, this was for geometry class. And they were like, really? And then one or two, not all of them, but it, it was good to hear 
But then they said, well, then they asked their kid, well, well, how is this connected to your geometry class? And they were actually fairly satisfied with the answers the kids gave them. It's like, look, in geometry, we're really focusing on building a system from just a few assumed truths to building things based on facts and making connections to lead to conclusions. And they're asking us to do that for our, our life decisions, too. And so then the parents are like, oh, that's pretty important to do. And so um, it's been mostly positive after you get past the initial why are we doing this? Then it was usually pretty good. This is the first year that we've done parent feedback this early in the project. So most of the time we're getting feedback at the very end. And then when they can see the whole picture, it's, yeah. I'd say it's more positive from the get-go. Well, I'm not going to force anybody <laughs> to stay, um, so um, we'll gladly talk more about different, you know, different kind of questions or individual questions if you want to. I think one thing we didn't say, obviously we tie them all together, but you could pull some of these things as individual activities, right? If all you said is like, I do a lesson on conditional statements, you could just do one really simple assignment on, hey, I'll make them do conditional statements about Christian beliefs. It doesn't have to be a big project, so maybe you can just glean bits and pieces as well. You say, oh, that fits well with my curriculum, that's what I'm going to do. And the electronic version, again, should be on CEA's website somewhere, so if you want to edit it. All right, thanks for coming. All right, Kelly